Vox Quick Hits. Hey, what's up? Hello. I'm Emily Vandorf. I'm the critic at large at Vox. And I'm Melissa Wilkinson. I'm Vox's film critic. This week on the show, we've got another listener request. Here's Stacy. Our family prefers to watch things together. That's our family time, one of our favorite activities. But that can be really challenging, especially with kids our kids' ages. I have um, a daughter who is almost 13 and a son who will be 11 this summer. They are too old for most stuff that's aimed at children. And they are too young for most of the things that are aimed at teenagers or young adults. And so we wanted to find something that was kind of a happy medium where it didn't feel like kid stuff and it was addressing things that they're interested in, but also isn't like, you know, cringy in front of the parents. (laughs) Um, A lot of shows that are, especially for teens and tweens, it tends to be all about, oh, girls liking boys or whatever. And they're just, that's not what they're into at all. So what made me think to ask you this question is that I saw an article that Emily had written about Apple TV Plus and what's on it and what to watch. And the article mentioned Home Before Dark. And that was one of my family's favorite shows because it hit the perfect note between where it didn't bore the parents and the kids thought it was really interesting. So I would love to hear from you about things that our family can watch together that we would all enjoy at our various ages and maybe even something that we could have a discussion about afterwards. And that's what we're here to talk about. Both Alyssa and I have three different picks of things that we think tweens would love. Keep in mind, we don't have tweens. It's been a while since we've been tweens, but we're going to try. We think we know what we're doing, right, Alyssa? I mean, you know, a while is all relative, right? I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm in the tween headspace quite a bit. So Yeah, since being at home for a year, I definitely feel like I've got that tween thing going on in my brain. Yeah. First of all, I want to say Home Before Dark, if you haven't watched it yet and you have Apple TV+, and you have like a 10-year-old, a perfect show to watch with them. It is about a little girl who is also a journalist and she like uncovers corruption in her neighborhood. It is such a weird blend of tones and I kind of love it. And I think that uh, you might as well if you've got kids that age. But Stacy already knows about that. So we're going to recommend some other things. And since you seem to have Apple TV plus Stacy, I want to start with Wolfwalkers. The forest is brimming with wolves. It's my job to hunt them down, not yours. But we could hunt them together. Wolves, bears, dragons even. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Wolfwalkers was my favorite movie of 2020. It is an animated film from the wonderful Irish studio Cartoon Saloon. And it is about a young English girl who moves to Ireland during the time of Oliver Cromwell and the Reformation. And there, she meets a mysterious girl out in the woods who seems to have a connection to recent local wolf attacks, but also... Are they attacks? This is a really fascinating sort of fairy tale, folktale take on what it means to be a young girl. It has some really like great, I guess I would say queer energy without ever being like 
explicitly so. And it's so gorgeously animated. This is a wonderful movie to look at. All the cartoon saloon movies are terrific for tweens, particularly Song of the Sea and The Breadwinner. But I think Wolfwalkers is their finest work yet. I'm a little bit upset that it lost the Oscar to Soul, even though Soul's a very good movie. You can watch it on Apple TV Plus, and it's just under two hours long. Alyssa, I know you liked this movie as well, but what's your first pick? Uh, It is Nailed It, which is a TV show that is on Netflix. So Nailed It takes its inspiration from an internet meme, which sounds like the world's worst idea for a TV show. But if you remember, there was a meme where there's a professionally made cake and then someone tries to recreate it at home. It's kind of a giant abject failure and they put Nailed It on top of the picture. So Using that meme as the basis for a TV show has proven to actually create one of what I think is one of the sweetest, most fun, most zany shows uh, that you could watch with a tween. And I have talked to friends whose tween kids love this show. So the idea is that Nicole Byer hosts this show. There's a couple of judges who are kind of lackadaisical about their duties. And then there's three cooks who aren't terribly good at baking who come to the show and are tasked with reproducing hysterically complex complicated baked goods, things that even professional bakers would take hours to make. And they're given like 45 minutes. Let's see what you did, Tony. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but your princess is terrifying. She is so scary looking. And I don't think anybody's coming to rescue her. They just kind of have to do their best. Everything is always bad looking. Often it doesn't seem like it tastes very good. But the winner wins $10,000 and everybody has a great time. And one thing I've always loved about it is that the host and the guest judges are very encouraging. They're always trying to find something nice to say like, oh, you know, it's the right color or something like that. And I think it's encouraging in that way. It's kind of one of those shows that you'll never learn how to bake anything from it, but you might feel like if you bake something and it looks and tastes terrible, it's really not the end of the world. It's going to be fine, which I think is a great lesson to learn when you're young and starting to grapple with the scariness of failure. So it's on Netflix. There are half hour shows. There are lots and lots of seasons. There's holiday seasons. You can watch Nailed It France or Germany or Mexico, which I think is very fun. Um, And I have a great time watching it. I think most people would too. Emily, what's your second pick? First of all, kids, I want you to know that you should never fail. And if you do, it's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) No, failure is a part of life. It's okay. Especially when it's cake. And actually, my next pick kind of dovetails with that theme. I'm recommending Avatar The Last Airbender. My grandmother used to tell me stories about the old days, a time of peace, when the Avatar kept balance between the Water Tribes, Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, and Air Nomads. But that all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar mastered all four elements. Only he could stop the ruthless firebenders. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. I was 
deeply skeptical of this show for a long time, and I have just started watching it, and I'm kind of blown away by it. I'm in the middle of season two, and it might end up being one of my favorite shows ever made. That's how good it is. It is a show about a young boy named Aang who is resurrected from ice, where he's been frozen for a hundred years. He's found by a brother and sister named Katara and Sokka, and then they go on to have adventures in sort of this magical world where everyone has mystical powers, where they're able to like bend different elements, which means that they're able to like use them sort of as extensions of themselves. Katara, for instance, is a waterbender. She can take water out of anything and use it to grab hold of people or to sort of strike at them. And it ends up being an incredibly inventive way to like look at the world. It's wonderfully animated. It's very thoughtfully done. The characters are all great. And it is really a show about learning and trying and failing and trying again and finally getting to a place where you've learned how to use those skills. It is three seasons long. It's 61 episodes, each half an hour long, and it is on Netflix. You can also check out its sequel series, Legend of Korra, if you've already watched Avatar. Alyssa, what's up with you? My next pick is a movie called I Am Greta. People always tell us that young people are going to save the world. But there is simply not enough time to wait. The fallout from climate change. The impacts could be catastrophic. All of this with the global warming, it's a hoax. It is the most pressing issue of our time. So this is a documentary about Greta Thunberg, who might be a familiar name to you. Um, she's the the teenager who has been a climate activist since, you know, she was 15. The film is interesting in a bunch of different ways. So it's a documentary that kind of follows her around through her activism. And we kind of get the interior of what's going on with her, with her family, with her travels, with the people she's meeting and what she's thinking in the background as she's meeting with world leaders and she's being criticized by people in the media. And it's really fascinating. But one thing that I really love about this film that I totally didn't anticipate when I started watching it was that a lot of it is about neurodiversity. Uh, Thunberg is actually on the autism spectrum, and it's something that she's very open about and something that she actually talks about many times throughout the documentary as being something that's increased her ability to do what she does and to do it well. So it's very affirming of the wide variety of um, neurotypical, neurodiverse people. It's also very helpful, I think, to watch for people who want to understand what um, the experience of people who are on the autism spectrum is, and also how someone like Greta understands her own experience of the world to be something that works in her favor, makes her a better activist, makes her more passionate about the things that she's passionate about. Um, I feel like, you know, often young tweens are just kind of trying to find their way in the world. And one thing I know from my cousins who are around that age and my nieces and nephews now is that there's a lot of scary stuff in the world and that they know about it and feel helpless to do anything about it. And I think Greta Thunberg's story is one where a young person sees a problem and decides to step up and do something about it. So I think it's something inspiring, interesting, empowering, and totally worth watching. The movie's about an hour and 42 minutes long, and it is streaming on Hulu. It's such a good thing that when you become an adult, you know exactly what to do about the scary things in the world. Oh, I know. Makes it so much easier. You figure it all out. Mm -hmm. My last pick is another show that I think people have heard of before, but I think they maybe haven't thought of this as something to show their kids, and that is Lost. 
Lost is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I remember when it aired, so many families watched it with their kids. It is really a great sort of child's introduction to prestige drama, if you will. It is, of course, a show about a bunch of people who land on a mysterious island in a plane crash and then have to figure out the mysteries of this weird place. Guys, where are we? It has this monster, and there's a hatch in the ground, and it seems like all of their pasts are coming back to haunt them, and they look back on the things in their lives in flashback and wonder, what brought me to this island? It is a really fun, really entertaining series, and I think that kids will love puzzling over these mysteries. And really, it is a great way to sort of introduce your children to some of these meteor themes that we deal with. This show touches on sexuality, it touches on violence, it touches on a lot of things that are, you know, the center of more mature storytelling, but it doesn't do so in a way that I think parents will find isolating or hard to deal with. Obviously, every family's different, but I would guess that if your kids are ready for Home Before Dark, then they are ready for Lost. You can find Lost on Hulu. It's 121 episodes. Most of them are about an hour long. There are a couple, like, supersized episodes you'll have to look out for. And that is going to cover you for, you know, probably a couple months of viewing time, and I think you'll have a blast the whole way through. Alyssa, what's your last pick? So my last pick hasn't technically come out yet. It's due out in theaters on May 7th. And I know not everyone is going back to theaters right now, but I think if you are or if you feel good about hanging on to this recommendation until the movie comes to streaming, it probably won't be too long. The movie is called The Waterman. It is directed by the actor David Ayelowo. And when I watched it, I just thought about Spielberg films from around the 1980s, uh, films about tweens and young teens who are going through things they don't totally understand at home, but they're trying to deal with them through magical or fantastical situations. This one is about a kid named Gunner, um, played by Lonnie Chavez. Gunner is anxious and sad a lot. And his dad wants to reach out to him and form this relationship with him. But they've been apart for a lot of Gunner's life because Gunner's father was in the military. So on top of all of this, Gunner's mother has cancer. Gunner is desperate to find a cure for his mother. And one day he's out basically in the woods and he meets a young girl named Joe. Joe and Gunner become friends and Joe tells Gunner that there is a man living in the woods called the Waterman who will have what Gunner needs to make a cure for his mother. I always thought the Waterman was just something grown-ups told kids to keep him from sneaking off into the woods. No one knows where to find him. No one except me. So the two of them set out on an adventure that's full of kind of fantasy and fantastical things. Then Gunner's father realizes that Gunner is gone and he has to go find his son and rescue him. So it's a fantastical adventure. Um, it's bittersweet. The ending is not entirely happy, I would say, but it's definitely the kind of film that you could watch together as a family and then have a lot to discuss and it's also just a really kind of fun and lovely throwback to an earlier era of film. The Waterman will be in theaters starting May 7th, and you can expect it to come to digital platforms probably later this summer. And it's about an hour and 32 minutes. So it's a short, sweet, thoughtful film. I 
I just want to say when I was 10, my favorite movie was Dick Tracy. And when I finished watching it, I said to my parents, what a picture, because I've always talked <laughs> like a variety headline. Um, anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. We are so happy to have you here. We're going to see you next week with another episode of What to Watch. So have a great weekend. And remember, if you want to get recommendations like Stacy just did, you can email our producer, Taylor Macon. That's Taylor as in Taylor Swift, May as in the month, and can as in a soup can. Taylor.Macon at voxmedia.com. No request too big or too small. Alyssa, what do you remember about being 10? I remember that I was really, really into Jimmy Stewart movies at that age. And I think the movie I probably saw more than any other was uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which I'm not necessarily going to recommend, but it is a hoot and a half if you if you wish to find something fun. Also incredibly on brand. 